no, you don't have to get to the top. There's a lot to be learned and a lot to be shared from just the process of going through what it is that you have gone through wherever it is that you are. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon. If you found yourself here, it means you are ready to unleash the powerful visionary that lives inside you, turning you into an authentic leader who creates influence, impact, and change. Let's get started. Susie, (laughs) what's up? (laughs) I'm so excited that you're here. Same. So happy to be with you again. Let's party. I know. This is going to be so fun. So for those of you who don't know Susie, we're about to dive into that. But I met Susie, was it two years ago at this point? Yeah. I I guess through through my mastermind, which we'll talk about in a moment, you were a member of two iterations of my mastermind that were very different and unique in their own way, which was fun. But yeah, we met, I guess, on social media and then you came into my world and I got to dive into all of the beauty and amazingness that is Susie, which you're going to hear about today. And I was like, I've got to have you on the podcast just to share your magic with everybody. So kick us off, Miss Susie, how you went from cute little thing hanging out in Utah to building (laughs) this beautiful online business and community and brand that you have today. Oh my gosh, what a journey I've been on the last four years of my life. So I started out um, kind of by accident, became an influencer. I was a photographer and then people were following me for photography and then it kind of switched to people were following me for my lifestyle and people were really hanging out with me in Instagram stories and I have four kids and I'm raising all these kids in Instagram stories and I just built this awesome community, but I never totally set out to be an influencer. I was like, there was this girl, Mary Lauren on Instagram. And I was like, I want to be like her. She gets all this free stuff and that's what I want. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm going to do what she does and hope I can get the free stuff. And then obviously you're drowning in free stuff. And I'm like, there's got to be more to life than all this free stuff, right? Like there's got to be more. And so I started making money from brands, but I wasn't feeling this like deep, fulfillment that I had hoped. And then also had this big community that's kind of hard to manage, by the way. And I have the four kids. And I started thinking like, you know, I don't know if this is the path for me. And so in the middle of of doing all these brand deals, I thought I have a knack for this growing this Instagram thing. I'm going to help people grow their Instagram. And I hosted my first ever retreat, which as you know, I was in the room with you and being in the room is just the juiciest, most incredible, amazing thing ever. And so I started hosting this thing called Susie School and started hosting these retreats, which grew to an online program, which grew to a different online program and a different and different at low price and high price and all over the world. We've covered in the past four years, always bringing it back to my favorite thing to do, which is be in the room with women, creating transformational experiences to grow their businesses and everything in between. So that's kind of been a brief synopsis of my journey to where we are now. Yes. And like you mentioned, I mean, I know you have created everything from online courses to in-person retreats to memberships to high ticket offers, low ticket offers. And I want to really like dive more into that because one of the things, one of the many, many things that I love about you, Susie, is how fearless you are (laughs) and how willing you are just to be like, I've got this idea. I feel pulled. I feel called. It feels in alignment. I'm going to go with it. And it's, you don't let, and even though I know that you have, you're human, you have fears, you have the imposter syndrome, you have all of those things, but you don't let that stop you from testing something out. And I would love for you to kind of share, like, how has that helped you and guided you? Just your ability to be open and to be fearless and to be like, you know what? I don't necessarily know what I'm doing or what's going to happen, but I feel called to do this and I'm going to do it. It makes me sound like such a spaz, but I'm like, I've done this and this and this. 
and you should have tried raising me. My poor mom. I was like, I want to try tapping, now karate, now singing, now we're doing guitar. And then I would quit after like a month of each because I'm just the person, it's actually in my human design profile, the great experimenter. I want to learn it all for myself. I want to live the fullest expression of this human life and experiment and try. And so some of that is just this like innate drive to try a whole bunch of stuff and having to learn things my own way of like, I'm the person that I have to take a couple steps down the path to decide if it feels good for me or not. I kind of envy the people that are like, I can just know. And I'm like, I have to take some action before deciding like, "Uh, yes or no. So I've taken a lot of action. And I've always trusted that even if the actions fail, like even if it was like, yeah, that was a flop and I actually hated it, what a great lesson I learned like to, for this whole life path. And what a great lesson I not only learned for me, but the women coming behind me that I have real life lived experience that I can say, I tried that. Here's the pitfalls. Here were the wins. Here was the good things about it. And so I'm really blessed that that's my personality. It's a pain. It's a blessing and a curse for sure. But all businesses is experimenting. That's what it is. Yeah. Experimentation. And the more comfortable you can get in with experiments and just like, you know, in science class, sometimes they go awesome and sometimes they don't. But the more comfortable you are with it doesn't mean you're a failure. If it they didn't go, it means that you did an experiment good for you. That means you'll get closer the next time. And so really living that truth and really living that experience has been part of who I am. Wanted to pop in with some exciting news. Applications are now open for my six-month mastermind that starts in January of 2024. The six-month mastermind is designed for experienced entrepreneurs, content creators, and online coaches aiming to elevate their brands to the pinnacle of success. Now, this is not just like any mastermind. This is a true transformative journey that takes you beyond mere acceleration to achieve ultimate brand mastery. If you are someone who has hit that six-figure level and you are ready to expand to multi-six or seven-figure heights while elevating your brand and visibility, this is for you. You can head to juliesolomon.net slash mastermind to get all of the details and to read some transformative testimonials from past members. You will not want to miss this opportunity if you are feeling the itch or even if you're just curious, go to juliesolomon.net slash mastermind for all the details. So as someone who is growing an online business and creating offers and seeing what sticks and seeing what doesn't for you, tell us a little bit about what you've experimented with and and what that has led to. Hmm, Such great questions. So at first, like I said, it was brand deals, experimented with those then and made great money with those. Then I experimented with in-person retreats also online uh, programs. I um, have a multi-million dollar online program. Realizing that for me, I missed the like high touch of humanism. Like the course was transformative, but I really missed people. Like I'm like, I just sent it to the world and hope this works for you. But for me, it didn't quite fill my soul quite so much. I really liked it in in the room energy exchange. So in search for that, I started hosting masterclasses, uh, small masterclasses, $267, $367. I bought this incredible million dollar production studio I have in my living room because I'm a psychopath and I'm addicted to that energy exchange. And that was the closest feeling I could get to being in the room. So the masterclass model and always at the baseline, always having these transformative retreats and 
consulting. Those are a couple of things that I've tried. It always circles back to like in the room, is it for me? Mm, so share more about that. What does that mean for you? Well, like I said, with that energy exchange, which you know it because you and I have sat in rooms together and it flows back and forth and there is something about the presence, whether it's virtual or in the actual room. There is when you are sitting down like eyeball to eyeball looking at something at the same time, there's an exchange that happens that it feels so much more productive than sometimes just doing things on your own. So I've really enjoyed that part of the process. Um, one thing I've flushed out and one thing I've, after doing all these things is really an understanding for me, the difference in low ticket and high ticket. Great thing about low ticket, right? Is they're pretty easier to pop up. You don't have to like dedicate a year of your life to create these. So they're easy. They can be great for these cash injections. But I found that sometimes low ticket can mean low transformation because there's usually low accountability. So while they're great for some things, I found I mismatched that for a while. I would be like, this is a low ticket offer and I hope it gets this massive transformation for people. And realizing that how our 2 million year old human brains work is that to make massive change for people, like a low ticket doesn't have that inertia required to really make it hurt bad enough to move to these big transformation spaces. So once I figured out the price points match. So if you want a big transformation, big transaction, and that half of the transformation is in the transaction alone, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So realizing, okay, this is how these pieces fit together, and this is why it's important if you're doing something high transformation to have a high transformation price point. Even though it's more uncomfortable for people and it's more uncomfortable for you, what we do when we charge high ticket is we help people hold themselves accountable to the change that they really want to make. So I have found that that is my sweet spot is these big changes. These low ticket offers still have a place, right? They still have an awesome place, especially when they're like your how-tos, your black and whites, follow these steps and this will work. But I I find the juice for me is in that big transformation moment. Mm, I love that. So share a little bit more about what high ticket means to you. Like even from like the brass tacks, like, like, like a high ticket price is X from X. But then yeah. what does that also mean from like a more, what, what you were talking about in terms of goals or emotional capacity or where someone is wanting to really stretch themselves to? And what does that look like from your perspective and how you show up and, and support women that do that? Good question. I think that's, it's like, I wish there was a science of like, this is exactly, if the market could just tell us exactly what a high ticket offer is, I think it's $2,500 and above. So my ticket offer, high ticket offers are from $2,500 up all up to my $50,000 consulting. Those are things I consider high ticket and anything below that is low ticket. Um, but the thing that I think was, should be an obvious <laughs> that took me way too long to figure out is that to make low ticket really profitable, you need high traffic. To make high ticket profitable, you only need low traffic. So really at letting us people ask themselves the question of like, which traffic do you, are you the most capable of pulling off in this moment? And realizing what transformation you have gone through, what transformation you know you can lead others to, and what that really is worth. I found that people just undercharge because of discomfort right? Do you think that? It's like they're, it's the oh, imposter yeah, sure. syndrome. And really they're robbing everyone of the transformation that they really could have if they could just step up and really 
get into that. So I consider that high ticket 25 and above that lower. And there's so many juicy ways that you can take like a offer like accounting and make it into something that is high ticket. Like I know you and I, I flew out to Nashville. We like hung out. We went to this most amazing restaurant I've ever been to literally in my life. What was that place called? That was Darzy, so good. Drizzy and Dar. Oh my gosh, that was good. I had a pink bathroom and you added on all these experiences and all these people we got to meet. So there are ways to take your offer and even increase the value value of it up, 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 up by adding on little, little pieces, little experiences, more high touch coming on your podcast, things like that. Yeah, totally. And I, I feel like with with high ticket, you know, depending on the leader, like for me, I like things a little bit fancy. I like to be bougie. I, I like to like <laughs> when it comes to someone that has invested in a high ticket experience with me, like I'm not taking them to Red Lobster. You no. know what I mean? Like no. we are going, we're whining and dining, we're having a beautiful time. Like and and with that, like it's going to be an energetic mismatch if you're desiring that and you're wanting to give that kind of experience or if you're at a retreat and you're like, I want to do like a, a beach house getaway, but I'm charging people 500 bucks to come. It's like, it's going to be such an energetic mismatch, which then leads to like exhaustion, overwhelm, resentment, expectations being misaligned. Like it can just lead to so many different things. So I love that you gave that as like an example um, because I think that that really goes back to the greater vision of what you're calling in. And so let's say that there's somebody listening right now, Susie, that's like, okay, I have this thing that I've been doing, or I'm a coach, or I've been wanting to raise my prices. I've been wanting to create a high ticket experience. What is like the first step or like, you know, other than of course, working with you, which I want you to share with people how you can help them. What is kind of that first step that they should be thinking about or really starting to think differently of and stepping into? Mm, such a good question. So I think the first thing is to kind of make a list of the transformations that you have gone through in the past XYZ amount of time. And sometimes what you actually are most capable to help people are doing is not even what you're currently doing. And so make a list of what transformations that you have gone through and then like rewind the tape of your life. And how much would you pay then to know what you know now? How much would you pay to be able to skip the pain, the heartaches, the nights away, the courses, the all of the like emotional distress that went into learning what you know now? How much would you pay to be able to skip that part and see if you can start looking at what you're really offering through a different lens of value and saving people time, heartache, money, whatever it is, there you're you can help people skip those steps. And then the next thing I like to do is just the quote, success leaves clues. Tony Robbins, right? Maybe like there are always people who have something that you are doing that you can model and then modify to make your own. So model, what are the high tickets that are working in your specific area? You can find those on Instagram, Amazon bestseller list, go to the Facebook ad library, see what people are doing. Just have your eyes open and your brain exploded of what is even possible once you really start looking around to see what is it that I know and how can I make this into something that's high ticket? That's where I always, always start. Oh, that's so, so good and juicy. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. 
You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions, whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business business for sponsoring the show. When it comes to this idea of high ticket, do you feel that it can be a bit of like a stepping stone for people? It's like, okay, let's just get you to like 2,500 bucks, right? And like, what does that experience look like? And then from there, it's obviously going to grow and evolve as the experience grows and evolve. Mm -hmm. Because I think that too, some people feel like I don't want to create a mastermind or I don't want to host a retreat or they have these ideas in their head about what a high ticket offer should be or what the price point quote unquote should Mm be. And that it actually, it's actually their way of like, keeping themselves from actually like jumping in and doing it because they start to make up all these excuses about how they don't want to create that or that's not in alignment for them or they don't know how that's going to fit into their business model or that their audience would never buy that or, you know, what other excuses that they can come up with. Totally. I think I, that I have a client, uh, Liz, Liz Hayes, and who she was able to pop up a million dollar coaching business in one year. Just by saying, you know what, I'm going to skip all that minutia. I am not going to go through those hoops. I don't think I have to. I've spent the last 18 years of my life researching this topic in motherhood, and I think I can just skip it. But we do this thing where we're like, it has to go like this. It has to go like freebie to low low ticket, and then another low ticket, and then maybe eventually when I'm doing good enough, I'll raise my prices. And then, then people also think that high ticket has to mean one-on-one. I'm like, I have four kids. We're not doing a lot of one-on-ones up in here. Like, that's not what that means. You can skip that part if you actually have a way to transform people's lives. But I have found the tricky part is people are like, wait, Julie, do I have a way to transform people's lives? Like, can someone tell me if I can transform people's lives? Which was, I have found super helpful is why having a coach is so important. Because it's like we're in a jar and we are inside the jar and we can't read the label. But you bring in a coach or someone else that can see it with different eyes. They're like, oh, this is what you do. This is who you are. We can't see it. We're in the jar. That's so, so good. And I want to get back to that in a moment. But I want to know, like, okay, how do I know if I'm ready? Like, if I'm ready to create this high ticket offer, if I'm ready to, like, maybe take something that I already have and, like, flip it to a high ticket experience. Like, who would be the, quote, unquote, ideal person for that? I think it is someone who already has had transformations with people. Like they are, they have the nuggets, they have some testimonials. They're like, this is really working. This is something that even if it's something that you have done for free, but it has been transformational for people, that's when you are, are onto something, um, that you can flip to make high ticket, but getting a couple of those, those like success stories, those rewards under your belt is, is the requirement. That's so, so good. Okay. So I want to talk about coaching a little bit. Um, that is how I met you. We met through my mastermind so fun and cool and and how we were able to really like connect grow i've seen so many evolutions of you which has been so exciting but i would love for you to share cuz i know that not just my mastermind but you you've done a ton of different 
coaching and mentorships and, and all of the things. So I would love just to hear your personal experience and journey of, of how coaching, how masterminds, how that community aspect and that mentorship aspect has really been able to serve and shape your growth and trajectory. Mm, good question. I think that we hit um, a point, Lars, like a point of that everyone will hit at various stages of like, I don't exactly know what to do or you know, but you can't figure out how to feel confident enough to do it. And those have been both at the points where I'm like, I need someone to come in here, a sister friend to like support me and to see me and breathe life into me and also get a double eye, double check on this strategy, especially if I'm doing something big and something that is feeling risky. I think when I came to your mastermind, I was like, hello, I just, but this million dollar thing, this huge investment and I'm freaking out. And I like literally need you to tell me that I'm going to be okay and get a second second set of eyes on this. And is this a good plan? And really just A, your knowledge alone, knowledge alone of coaches is great. But then also the calming of our nervous systems that like really coming alongside the answer, you just feel like you're not on an island alone, naked and afraid. And that is so invaluable on your journey. Like we cannot get where we are going by ourselves. And something for me that I found is I was like my peer group, I'm kind of zooming past my peer group. And so once you're doing that, you're like, you have to get in rooms where people are doing bigger things than you. Otherwise you're the biggest one, you know, like you've got to always be in rooms where I love, you've said this to me, like be in rooms where you're like the dumbest person in the room. And that grows you so fast. You expand so quick. What you learn, the strategies, the confidence that you gain is is massive. So good. How do you feel like if there are any, because we talked about, you know, in person and, and you that that in real life, how do you feel that that really shapes or can mold, if you will, the transformation even more. I just think that there is an understanding. Um, and it maybe goes back to that energetic exchange. Like, I feel like you get in the room with something, some, with some people, and you're going through like battle. Like you're going through this hard work together and there's like these hearts that can see each other. And it's like, I don't even know your kids' names, but I know that what we're doing right now is like we are getting to something important. Like it's as important work coming through and there's something about being together that I think really the the connections are just amazing and the confidence that like that loneliness for me goes away more when I'm like, I can touch you, Julie. I can like, you know, touch your face. <laughs> Not that I would touch your face. I probably might, would. But that's okay. I'd probably kiss that's your close. face. It's fine. <laughs> um, One of the things too – that I really noticed that like I I've said it because I believe it, but I really noticed it with you as a mastermind member. And I think that the, it's something that, that is important to be shared is that I believe that when you join any kind of experience, a coaching program, a mastermind, a mentorship, uh, whatever, if you, if there's just one thing that you can walk away with and that one thing, you know, is going to transform, propel, grow, expand you in any way, like you've won. Like that is the return on investment. And I think a lot of times, especially with high ticket experiences, because of the energetic ex exchange and because someone is expanding into a completely new stratosphere for themselves, it's easy to kind of make up and say, okay, I'm going to do this. And this is going to have to impact and transform every single minute moment, 
matter in my existence. And it can actually put a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation on the experience. And I think it's, it's actually the quickest way to kind of close yourself Mm. off. But I remember, I think it was the first iteration of the mastermind of mine that you were in. We were sitting in this conference room. I don't even know what we were talking about, (laughs) but like I was up on a whiteboard and like something was said. And I remember that you were just like, oh my gosh, boom, that's it. Okay. I can go home now. Okay. It's good. And it was just like, you had this moment of a reflection of like this one thing that you could take away. And I would love if you would share a little bit more about that perspective of like, not really holding on so tightly to some kind of outcome or a result that we're making up and telling ourselves, but really allowing us to be a part of the experience and what really reveals itself when you allow yourself to do that. Mm, That's so good. So for me, I've invested so hundreds of thousands of dollars into education. And some, sometimes you go into them, you want what you want, you're like, the outcome I want is the outcome that's on the sales page. This is exactly the outcome I want. Rarely does the outcome you get actually be what's written on the sales page. And I think it comes down, for me, it comes down to trusting of myself, of like, I trust myself that I felt called to, to sign up for this for whatever reason. Maybe it was on the sales page. Maybe it was just a feeling in my heart that I felt that it was. And then so sometimes you can go to things and be like, I wanted this, this exact transformation. And maybe it was like you weren't ready for it. Or for example, I came to yours. It was like, how to be a speaker. Remember? And then I was like, yeah, I don't actually want to be a speaker. That was fun. That was really cool. That's not it. That's not it for me. So if I would have bet all of this, like the transformation has to be on this one part of the speaking program, I would have walked away disappointed. But instead I remained open. I trust my intuition. I trust my divine guidance that I'm supposed to be here for something. And if it wasn't speaking, I can't wait to see what it is. And really trusting that like there are things in every container you sign up for. None of it's a loss. None of it is a waste. None of it. There it well, the transformation may not look exactly like what you thought it was going to look. Trust yourself that you were called there, that you felt inspired to go there and don't second guess or regret the decision. Even if the container you sign up for was like not your favorite, there's still a transformation in there. Can I talk to the coaches for five seconds? Because coaches, sometimes it's so hard when you want them to get the transformation that you put on your sales page. You're like this, but then you have, maybe you have someone come into your container who's like not doing the work at all. You're like, you're not going to get this transformation. And you, we can feel like I got to take this person on my back and I got to make the transformation for them. And sometimes we have to completely release and unattach from their outcome and say, I'm not exactly sure what her transformation is going to be from this, but I trust that her intuition led her here. I trust myself as the coach and like letting the realm work in its way as it does and not attaching their outcomes exactly to your effort and work. Oh my gosh, a million percent. You cannot carry the burden of every single person that you mentor. It's it's actually, you're actually doing them a disservice because then you're stealing from them their own experience. You're stealing from them their own journey. You're stealing from them their own results and outcomes if you're sitting over here like trying to micromanage the whole process. So a million percent, I think that 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 is is so true and and needed to be reminded. And I love what you said too about for the second iteration of the mastermind, um, we were we were focused on um, writing books, speaking and then, you know, brand growth and kind of like higher level relationships and that sort of thing. And you were like, okay, yes, I'm ready. Like I've, I've got a book idea. I've got it in mind. I'm ready to do this, that. And it was like two months in, you're like, Julie, I don't want to write a book right now. And I don't want to (laughs) speak. And it's like, 
okay, so then what are we doing? And just that ability to like course correct, course correct. And I think that that ability for you to be open and honest with yourself and then the ability for me to be able to receive that, we were still able to have a really beautiful exchange for the rest of the time that we were together and to support you in whatever way in which you needed to be supported in and still had a lot of gleams and a lot of moments um, to really get you to where you are today. And I think that that kind of lends to my next question for anyone out there that's like, well, how do I know if I'm ready? for a mastermind? Like, how do I know if I'm ready for that level of an experience? How do I know? So do you have any tips for that? Yeah. I Well, I think going back to what you said about how I get two months into your mastermind, I'm like, scrap, scrap it all. Don't want to do any of that. Do you know how much money and time you saved me by I come into your container, I pay for this knowledge, and then to realize like, I don't actually want to do that. You saved me so much time of going to try to figure th- and actually going down that route on my own that it was like, okay, I was able to quickly learn that lesson. And so it's like, that's awesome because I always say to my people, it's like, if you paid me $12,000 to learn that you didn't want to do this, that's still a great outcome. That's still a great win. So now I'll get to your question. Like, how do you know if you're ready? For me, it always goes down to trusting, trust trust yourself. You're always going to have the fear. That is always there. It doesn't get to drive, but it's usually always in the car for like every entrepreneur. It's somewhere in there. But really like taking our thoughts captive and really listening to our guidance. I always feel things in my body. I always feel like a full, like a chills or like my heart beats faster, like my chest expands. And I'm like, I've learned just through listening to my body and my intuition when it's a yes and when it's a no. And you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger at that the more decisions that you make. Um, and so I think trusting yourself, trusting your guidance, your intuition to know when you are ready and also know when you know you're ready and you know, you're letting fear just take you the freak out. So good. That's so good. It's, it's that trust piece and, and not letting fear, let fear hang out there because it's not going anywhere, but don't let really? it in the driver's seat. So I want to chat a little bit about social media and growth and not to be here to be like, give me your favorite Instagram hack, Susie. <laughs> but I really want to hear, like, I want to kind of like do more of a bird's eye view because you do have a ton of Instagram strategy for anybody that wants it. It's out there. You can go to her website and like download all the things and get all this and watch her, you know, follow her on Instagram for it. But I would love more of a bigger view perspective from you as someone who has been in the social media game for a long time, you, and you've been in, in the social media game as a content creator, as an influencer, as a course creator, as a coach, like you've been in it for many different instances as well. I would love to know your takeaway, big picture for someone who is really wanting to like focus down and really strategize with their Instagram and really call in the people that want what it is that they're offering. What are some of the best tips, strategies, foundations, just things that they really need to be focusing on versus like don't spend your time here. Mm, totally. Oh, good question. One of the things that this was me as a multi-passionate person, I was like, I'm not going to niche down. I'm going to do any and all of it because I want to and because it feels fun and lights me up. So I found that actually that just creates a bunch of horizontal energy spend when you're just spending, spending, and it is just like flowing out into the field and you're not really getting to grow up. So I found that like really when I really targeted, really got clear on the woman I was speaking, the person I was speaking to, that the easier the content went for me. 
And I have found that the more just directly I speak to that person. So growing up in the influencer world, like brand deals, this was a hard switch for me because brand deals, it was like all lifestyle. I grew my following to 200,000 before I sold it, co-founded a company called Jovi, a multi-million dollar company now. But I was like, the people were there to for me, like my personality, my kids, myself. So it was a really strange thing for me to be like, I'm actually not going to talk to everybody anymore about like outfits and clothes and whatever. I, I'm going to talk to one specific person and it felt so unnatural and I fought it for years to my own detriment. I've, I've, I fought it for years until it hurt too much because I would step in to like my business coach world and then I would kind of tinker in like lifestyle. And all I was doing was I wasn't, I was helping less people with having less transformations because of my own discomfort. And then when I really got clear, went into the niche, very specific, things got easier, way more comfortable because I was no longer trying to straddle the freaking fence. Straddling the fence hurts. So good. And it kind of reminds me of this idea of like when people come to me and they're resistant to really, I don't want you to focus on niching down. I want you to decide what it is that you specialize in. Totally. And people that resist that. It's kind, it kind of reminds me as like you're taking a pack of like seeds, right? To plant a tree and you're going outside and you're just spreading the trees all over the ground instead of actually like rooting them into the dirt so they can grow and flourish. So then what happens is you've got all these seeds and like maybe you get lucky a couple of times because maybe it rains and the rain causes one of those seeds to kind of go into the ground a little bit. So then you've got this like little tiny tree over here, but like the vast majority of the seeds that you're trying to grow, they're not being planted and so they never grow. Whereas like down the road, there's, you know, Samantha down there that took this one seed, planted it deep into the ground. And now she's got this like massive oak tree over there, this totally. one big massive oak tree. And you're over here like with just a bunch of seeds scattered around the ground. And so I always kind of think of that analogy of like, what is that seed that you are going to decide to like firmly plant in the ground and allow to like root and grow and nurture? And then like once that gets to be this big, beautiful, thriving plant, then you can go and plant some other seeds. Like it's still available to you, but are you really giving yourself the time and attention that is needed to really like create that root system? And I think that that is where when you don't choose to niche down, when you don't choose to decide what it is that you specialize in, what you're really doing is that you're not giving yourself the gift of that root system mm. that it really allows for that long-term sustainability. That is so beautiful. I heard a thing once and it was like, blew my mind that it was like, make it your muse, like make your specialty your muse. And that really resonated with me about like, buy all the books about it, take all the courses, like learn everything, worship this thing. Like this is your calling. And then if it doesn't feel exciting and juicy and like it is your muse, like uh, how that might be kind of lame and it's okay well, to keep searching. Right. And that's your answer. So at least like, yeah. you know, it's not that. So totally keep going. And I think that that, that that's a huge, a huge point to it. And, and I think that too, sometimes it's like, Things that we may feel are basic and boring can also be muses too. I think that that's the other thing is that we trip ourselves up that this thing is supposed to be something that it's like we wake up in the morning and I'm like, I can't wait to teach people how to pitch themselves and then brand deals. It's like, it's not like I wake up with that, but I do wake up with this calling of like, I can't wait to help people transform 
their lives and to really start building something online that they're super excited about. And so it's like you you have to lead with some kind of enthusiasm while also not kind of setting yourself up that like this thing has to be like the most unique, rare, exclusive, shiny diamond because that's not really fair to you either. Like it, it can be kind of very, what is one person's like basic and boring thing could be revolutionary to someone else. A hundred percent. And I feel like actually the further we get along in our journey, we start to disconnect from those like basic, like mind blowing things. And actually to like skip back in touch with like, okay, these basic things are so transformational for people. It keeps, you can keep re-injecting the energy back and back and back into it. And basic doesn't always mean new. Like I can't tell you how many people, and I'm sure you've seen it too, Susie, that come with me with years of experience. They consider themselves very advanced at whatever it is that they do, but like there was just somewhere along the way that they didn't learn something that I may think is basic. And so again, it's like what may be basic to you is not necessarily going to be basic to somebody else, but that doesn't mean that it's like you're going to have to be teaching people how to turn a computer on all day. (laughs) It's just like, you know, you're really rooting into that specialty that makes you unique in in you. And even Mm -hmm. like someone embracing that I think is unique in and of itself. So I think one of the things that we do going like along that line is we think that we have to like be at the top of the mountain before we can like turn back and start to help people. But I found that like actually the bigger this gap is, like if people are clear up on the mountain, they're like, they don't even remember the steps on the first mile. And so we just need to be one step ahead of people, just turn back around and help the person right behind you. So that like, that's all you have to do. And Climbing up to the mountain actually can work at your disadvantage when that gap is too big. So use that to your advantage. Like that's beginning base, more basic stuff. Like that's still so transformational. It's keep helping the people right behind you. A million percent. And I think that even goes back to like a lot of people probably don't even realize like thinking about like climbing Mount Everest, right? Which is like the mountain of all mountains. Do you know how difficult it is just to get to base camp one? Not even two or three or to the top of of Everest, but just to get to base camp one, the months and years of preparation, everything that it takes just to get there, your lung capacity, your physical capability. Like if someone's like, yeah, I've gotten to base camp one at Mount Everest, I would trust that person to tell me what it was like to climb mountains. (laughs) It's like- totally you got there, you know? And so I think that that's also a good analogy of like, no, you don't have to get to the top. There's a lot to be learned and a lot to be shared from just the process of going through what it is that you have gone through wherever it is that you are. And so not to discredit that as well, I think is super important. Did you know that you, it's now like not legal to climb Mount Everest without a Sherpa? You have to have a Sherpa. There's like a bunch of dead bodies up there because Mm -hmm. people were like doing it on their own and not working, which I feel like is a good metaphor for like, you need the people, you need the coaches, you need to, you need the help. You will need the help. Don't be too prideful to get the damn Sherpa or you're going to die on Mount Everest cold and afraid and alone. Frozen at the top and they can't bring your body down (laughs) because you're too high. The altitude is too, too, too extreme. There's a sales page for you. Boom. There it is. I love Mount Everest analogies. I could use them all day. Oh, well, Susie, I love you. And I love getting my time with you and spending time with you. I would love for you to share where our listeners can learn more about your high ticket program that you have and how you walk women and just leaders, entrepreneurs through that. And um, please share your Instagram because for anyone listening today, if there has been something that has resonated with you, I would love for you to take a screenshot 
of today's episode, tag me and tag Susie in it and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. That would be amazing. And you can follow me on Instagram at, at Suzy Holman, S-U-Z-Y Holman or SuzySchool.com or podcast Your Business Will Heal You. And I would love to hang out with you there. My high ticket offer is to really help people define their high ticket offer. These I like your seven figure offer, making that thing your muse, defining it, figuring out what it is, what goes into it. And then I like to help people build their pipelines to be able to sell it using organic, but also paid social, specifically Instagram ads. I'm obsessed with Instagram ads. So how to sell your high ticket offer using those. Love it. Well, thank you, Susie, for being here. I love getting time with you and I love seeing you and I love sharing your gifts with our amazing community. So thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Julie. Time. I love you. As always, thank you so much for joining me today and every week here on the Influencer Podcast. If you're wanting to dive deeper into the topics and discussions that we have here, I would encourage you to head over to juliesolomon.net and sign up for my weekly newsletter. It is in our amazing newsletter community that we are able to really support you on a much larger scale. And I love to do a ton of amazing things that I send inside your inbox every single week. So just head over to juliesolomon.net. You'll see a little spot there that you can add your information in and you will get on the list and start receiving all of that good stuff.